Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. So today we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Anne Sieg, which I had to make sure I said right. I'm sorry about that, Anne, but I'm glad that we're here together today. And I'm really excited to be talking with Anne because most of you know we don't cover a lot of e-commerce topics on this show. Um, I haven't had a lot of guests come on to talk about that, and Anne is one of the best when it comes to learning and growing an e-commerce business. So what we're going to be talking about today, I'm going to have to read this too, because this was like the coolest hook ever. So how to set up an automated e-commerce business in a 90 day sprint. So we're going to be talking really about how to grow that in 90 days. So I'm really excited to be hopping into this. And so how about you say what's up to everybody and then tell us one thing about yourself that most people wouldn't know. Hey, what's up, Lucky Titan community? Great to be <laughs> here. Great. Everybody, and it's great to have lots of Titans here. Um, something unique about me is I um, had my first ta taste of salesmanship when I was seven years old. Um, my grandma taught me how to make hand-knitted Christmas bells, and my mom said, you know, you should go out in the neighborhood and sell those, Sam. So she set up my first store as a cardboard box and there was the sound of change in there and I went out and I sold every one of them. So that's kind of how I got started. Not that I continued from there, but that was my first taste of salesmanship and it was fun. Yeah, and I think every great entrepreneur did that as a kid. I love it. <laughs> they had some sort of childhood entrepreneurial experience. And I know, I know for me, that was one of the things that kind of got me going. It was the first time I made 25 cents selling something and I'm like, whoa. That oh, wow. Anything, you know, <laughs> I got a whole quarter from that. <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal. Especially to, uh, like you said, seven-year-old kid. Yes, 25 cents. Well, and I'm really excited about this today because I'm going to be jotting down notes the whole time we're talking here. You know, we've, a lot of the people listening are, are these infopreneurs. You know, we sell these information products. We do masterminds, workshops, courses. But most of us haven't really sold physical products. And, and I think there's a fear for a lot of entrepreneurs in selling physical products because of the unknown. So I wanted to first have you share your three pillar system and then we'll just kind of dive in from there. Yeah, um, I can relate in terms of information marketing. And I too was kind of a little bit of a wall of, oh, what would we do? And my mentor at that time, he said, well, we're going to make a physical of your ebook and duh, you know, <laughs> and then that increased our, you know, lifetime value of on that point of sale anyways, and then we could go get more advertising because we layered in a physical. That was many, many years ago. Um, so our three pillars of e-commerce success are to generate cash flow, um, such that cash flow is bedrock and it mitigates the whole, oh man, when do I get my reinvestment back? Oh, that'd be about nine months from now. No, with e-commerce, it can happen in two weeks, you're already getting your money back from um, products that you ship in. And next is to automate systems and, and I'm gonna assume everyone's gonna nod their head in agreement on these because they seem somewhat self-relevant or pertinent, but so automate systems. And lastly is to build assets, uh, considering that end game to build to sell. So that's cash flow, automate systems and build assets. And the good news with e-commerce is you can accomplish all of those in what I've just detailed in a 90 day sprint. Um, throughout, we stepped back and reevaluated um, our entire system 
and how to better enhance our offer and the mentorship that we put people through. This actually took place last fall. And looking at where are the points of failure? Where are we losing people? And what we figured out hands down where the biggest point of failure was um, where people dropped the ball and working their business consistently. And that's where like, okay, more than just focusing on a sourcing method, we're gonna focus from day one, they're gonna get this business to be set up to be automated. And that is through systems and it means hiring VAs, which shouldn't come as a big mystery to anyone who's listening right now, is having those VAs in place to run the systems for you. So we launched that actually on New Year's Eve day of 2019. We had a gal who watched the webinar halfway through. She's like, this is for me. And she did this in record time. By the end of January, she had everything set up. She was in profitability. She had two VAs and she was rocking and rolling. So, and she was working a full-time job. She was an insurance adjuster. And so I was like, crazy. dang, we nailed it. You know, <laughs> if they follow our steps. That's crazy. In under a month, she was able to, to do that, to make a profitable business. And see, and what's really funny, a lot of people are still in this mindset of, oh, it takes five years to get profitable, but the internet has just killed that me metric. You know, yeah. I, I know for us, our first company, we were profitable within two months. And that's something that, you know, our accountant was like, how did you do that? <laughs> it's <laughs> like, different online. Because <laughs> our margins are 95%, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I have to say information marketing will always, it'll outperform. There's no worries about inventory. You're running out of XYZ because I'm an information marketer and I love it that the scale is like infinite, barring mentoring, et cetera, of course, is a different dynamic, but yeah. So the turn rate can be very, very fast in the e-commerce space as well. Yeah. Well, and, and another point I want to highlight about this because your method, the three pillars, right? So it's generating cash flow, automating systems. And then the last one was building assets. And I want to highlight a point of this because a lot of people in the online sector don't treat their business as an actual company. But the reality is most companies, you or all companies outside of this, you have an exit strategy, right? It's either retirement or you're going to sell it off, or maybe you're going to pass it on to you know, the next generation or something. And if you get, I guess, your, your plan set for that, for your assets, what you're talking about is, is building an asset that you can sell. Yes. And I don't think a lot of people think that way. So I really want you to delve into this 90-day sprint, kind of what your plan is and, and how it works for entrepreneurs in, in creating an information product that actually you know, that actually performs in a way that you could eventually sell the business to somebody. Mm. So you want me to spell it out how we do at the e-com and how it could in like kind, they could from a parallel journey do the same thing. Am yeah. I you correctly? Okay. Um, the one qualifier that I would add in, cause I know pre-show we were talking about, like I'm the face of the company. And so, you know, it becomes a little bit problematic. I was, I was actually in the attraction marketing space for about seven years prior to shifting in the e-com is that, um, it can be difficult to sell a company that is built around you, the face, the you know, the person. And so um, it's just something to consider that um, in that dynamic, because it's something that I have grappled with, you know, personally. And yet I am growing a business that is the coaching and the mentoring, et cetera, that can be turned around and sold. You know, I look at Ryan Dice, for example, has been the face, but yet he got those investors, et cetera. So it can happen. But um, so in our 90-day sprint, it's basically 
One is that we teach very, teach very linear step-by-step step, such that we have a checklist and there's actually three phases of the, the training that they go through. But it's, it's really so ABC simple, the way we've designed it is that, because we had a software engineer who went through the program and he said, Ann, I, I, just, I just do your steps and I become an entrepreneur by default exactly you know right. so and he's a linear thinking because thinker because he's a software engineer so whereas others they they get creative and, oh i think i'll do this and they're, they're not sticking with this proven formula for which i will say for this in a 90-day sprint just to create some clarification because there's different paths you can take in information marketing as well uh to zoom out with e-commerce and specifically we're talking about with amazon because Hallelujah, there's no sales funnel that we have to build. <laughs> there's no traffic you have to generate. Like if you, if you waltz right into Shopify from the get-go, you better know traffic and conversions really well. You better know your audience, your competitors, et cetera. But I'll just say um, there's a number of different sourcing methods that I couldn't say, for example, we've taught sourcing from China, that you're going to have a cash flowing business in 90 days if you're starting with sourcing from China. Uh, if I say Shopify, I couldn't say that was true. I couldn't even say that if it was wholesale or private label. So part of it with that value proposition of 90 days is predicated on this better be something that can turn very quickly. <clears throat> That's really what it's predicated on is what's already selling and then how quickly will it sell. You can't say that about private label. You can sit there and do all your market research and I'm gonna run with XYZ. And it might, be a nine, it might be a nine month turnaround until that thing even gets into the marketplace. And we saw from this past year, does the marketplace change rapidly? Yeah, you know, we saw COVID and whoops. Oh, I was gonna source from China. Well, good luck now, right? right? So that is part of the premise here is it has to be a sourcing method that can fit the metrics of turning around that quickly. And so that, that sourcing method is called arbitrage. And I was introduced to this um, fall of tw uh, 2014, no, pardon me, 2013. And my mind as an information marketer is, as we all know, is shelf life. You know, you get your offer out there and it can fatigue very quickly because in online space, it moves very, very, very rapidly. So when it was my son and I were business partners at that time, I was like, yeah, I wonder how fast this is going to get saturated because that's how we think as information marketers. And I thought, oh, yeah, I know, a year or two. And then all this work we put into creating this info product and the, the coaching and the live events, and then it'll fatigue. Right. Wrong. Wrong. I mean, I truly questioned it. We're still teaching arbitrage and we're still crushing it with our members in terms of, and then because then the, the answer behind that is the reason that our members are still crushing it is because Amazon has continue to grow that much rather than hitting fatigue. Okay, so with the arbitrage method, you're basically just taking advantage of what's already selling. Like they say in marketing, where are the fish swimming? And then it's often, are you a first adapter? Oh man, if you're a late adapter, tell you what buddy, you didn't know it, but you're coming to the table too late. It's just not the case here. You know, how we are normally think as information marketer is you're not a late adapter 
we have this gal I referenced. She, Kathy is her name. She comes in in January. Boom. She's already got a lead company built off of it. So, because her VAs are dishing up so many products, she can't keep up with it. She gets creative. Oh, I know. I can just sell theirs and get a profit off of it. Their leads less, you know? Yeah. And so, and then another gal, she's building another model around her Amazon business. And that's because almost the entire ecosystem that's built around the Amazon third-party seller platform is so ginormous. It's the redistribution of opportunity from the brick and mortar business owners into online mom and pop student from their home. So back to this in a 90 day sprint and why this value proposition holds true is because the turn rate is so fast and people need to know when they properly vet their products you can actually, I'm not going to talk about the low strategy, you can be listing those if you're doing local retail arbitrage, they can be sold before you're even checking out at the checkout at Target, for example. Your products have already sold on Amazon before you even put your money down. That's how ridiculous it can be, all based on knowing the data points and how to properly evaluate them, because <clears throat> that's who wins the game, is knowing the data points, how to interpret them, Anyway, so the turn rate, our best sellers turn in about 50% of their inventory in a month. Wow. That's pretty dang good. It has to do with the rank category. Um, and the other part is the profits are um, on the low end 28% and can go as high as 50% or more. So it basically, the mindset for you know, information marketers is really look at this as a cash flow operation. And I can tell you, you can be in cash flow operation even though you're hiring VAs, and even if you're sending your products off to an Amazon prep center, someone who services Amazon sellers, all those metrics are tracked in our data sheet and still be in profitability. So it kind of really breaks the code of this mystery of like for us as info marketers to jump over that great wall of China into the product space. It's, it's a lot lower wall than you might believe or realize when you factor in all these metrics and how they work in our favor. Yeah. Well, so the method, um, I'd like you to kind of clarify a little bit on the method too yeah. for, you know, for a lot of these people because a lot of people are saying, okay, well, where do I even find these products, right? You said you, fi you find a, a product that's already selling. So you, do you just pick a random market and say, what are the Amazon bestsellers or what do you do? <laughs> well, there's two different ways. The fastest and most reliable, predictable method is with your phone and you download the Amazon seller app. And when you have that app, it's basically that interface that when you scan the UPC code of a product. So I bought this on Amazon, Burt's Bees, everyone has heard of it. You scan that and it's going to look for, is this product even being sold on the Amazon catalog? So you're in Walmart, you're in Walgreens, okay? And this is known as local retail arbitrage. And it's going to take a microsecond for that data to flash and show up on your phone. And then we show people how to interpret that data. Like, you, okay, there's my Amazon seller fees. Um, there's the profit shows up. Oh, how many sellers are there? I'm with the info marketers. How many sellers are there? What's the competition? Um, what's the rank? You know, we have 12 criteria. I'm just rattling off the most important. Mm. But when you do it through a store, it's very tangible. Like we were talking about how we're physical people and we write. Okay. Um, this would be akin to that. This is the most physical, tangible. Oh, I see how it works is when you're doing it in a store. 
However, that's not necessarily scalable hands-off. That's where then we teach the online arbitrage method, which is um, going to online websites like Walmart and Walgreens, et cetera, and there's thousands and thousands of other stores, and you're comparing, we use a special spreadsheet that we've created, and you input the data. Well, you're like, I didn't sign up to input data. That sounds kind of boring. We call it grunt work. Now that's done by an expert. And that would be virtual assistants. There's thousands of them in the VA. And they do this for Amazon sellers. Hmm. And so we have a little training on how do you hire them and this and that. And, you know, and they come in with their expertise and they're doing this whole grunt work thing of inputting the data. And then in our spreadsheet, it'll show up green relative to what are your profits, what is your return on investment, et cetera. Um, it'll go green, yellow, or red. So red is like, don't even think about it. Right, waste of time. Yellow, <laughs> caution, right. And then if it's green across those categories of ROI and cash, uh, or profit, I should say, then you got a, a winner. So, um, but arbitrage, just, I should step back and explain that. It just means to buy low, sell high. Right. It, that's all it is. And um, it's a very lucrative, lucrative activity. Um, but it is predicated on that one workload, which is the vetting of those products. So, you know, it's, you can do it through your phone to just kind of get the rudiments of it. But the real scale happens when you have it online and it's done by virtual assistants. Mm -hmm. So essentially what you're doing is you're, you're identifying these products that are low, you can sell for high, you're finding that supplier and they're providing you with the products. You don't even have to work on building products or anything. You're essentially yeah. just saying, let's, yeah. let's take what's already being built. So you don't even have to worry about product research or any of that stuff. They've done all that. They've done the labeling, everything. And yes. then you go out, sell it on your Amazon store. Right. And from there, you're basically building that asset, right? So you're creating an asset that you could eventually sell. So, so what kind of asset are you building and then who do you sell it to? Yeah. So the asset, as you can hear and see, you know, you're having this repeatable task that if you stop, unlike you've got your YouTube ad funnel that's converting and you just decide to throw in more ad money. It's not like that. You, you, that repeatable task of continuing to send in products, that's there. But you can have people doing it for you, which is your core activity, is finding those products and then getting those into Amazon. The real attractiveness of the business model in terms of what it would, where you might go, why would I sell this? Is that you have a business that eventually runs on its own. And that's really gonna depend on the operator and their ability to build a team and understand systems and all that that skill level, what, which I'm going to think information marketers definitely bring that to the table, um, such that, well, it's bringing in 20 cash profit a month. And I'll just keep this as a little money machine going. That'll fund my advertising for your info product, let's say. Right. Um, but when you think of, would somebody put money down for a business that has a proven team that operates your business for you, would someone write a checkout for that? Absolutely, uh, because what they, a good investor doesn't want to buy a glorified job. Right. They don't want to step into the shoes of, oh man, I got this franchise, the subway or whatever such thing, and I'm having to manage a bunch of kids, you know, or whatever it may be. They don't want a glorified job. They want a business that they can read the P&L. Oh, okay, it's doing that kind of profit. Well, I can bring in a cash surge to increase that product inventory volume. And then 
based on these metrics, I'll be able to get it to a 30K profit per month, let's just say. So a good investor would look for a proven system, a proven team that can operate their business for them. And then what you never should lose sight of as the operator, the business owner is, you'll be busy with your P&Ls, you know? And maybe you get a glitch with your team, which we know happens and you gotta go and rectify that. Um, but that's the attractiveness of it is it's built and it's also built for scale, whether to continue with that or you've got the bedrock foundation. Now you can more legitimately expand into wholesale, private label, et cetera. Right. And, and you're selling this as you're not just selling a single product line, but you're saying, Hey, this, you build an asset that's kicking off multiple different products. And then you're selling that as an asset to, to some sort of an investor. Right. And yeah, this is a good point you're bringing up. With private label, it's built deep. With arbitrage, it's built wide. And it is true, you have to keep, you know, supplying those. But with every subsequent year, you know the seasons, you become very savvy. Um, you know, we've had members in our community, they're coming into their eighth or ninth year now. And they know, oh, yeah, Christmas. Yeah, I, you know, they know what's selling. And they take advantage of it. Plus they can create bundled offers, which creates a higher perceived value, therefore bigger profits. And they're more ready to jump into wholesale or private label, et cetera, because they've really built the, built the foundation of the business. Yeah, and they've, they've got the cash to be able to play around and try with other things. Exactly. See, that's really interesting. And I hope everybody's taking notes on this because this is a really cool method, what you're talking about. And I love how you mentioned you know, as an infopreneur, this would be a great way for you to build up a little cash cow that could cover your advertising because, you know, we work with quite a few infopreneurs and they're trying to do things on what people like to call a shoestring budget, which means mm. I don't want to take any risk, right? Mm. And the reality is when most people start a business, they don't understand that there is no business that you can start 100% for free mm. that is actually going to kick off money. You have to be able to fork out you know, $500 a month in, in tools, bare minimum, you know, and covering the costs, especially in the online sector, you know, covering your hosting and your emails and your scheduling and all these things that you're going to need. And nobody mentions that, you know, but what you're talking about is building a cash asset that could be kicking off enough cash to cover that. And then have you had quite a few people who end up selling these things for a, a larger profit as well? No, what I find is they like it so much, they just want to grow it bigger. They move into, oh, now that I've had a taste of this, yeah, I'm going to do print on demand or, you know, there's so many other sourcing options. And now their likelihood of success with those more advanced methods that carry more risk is that they've got the cash flow. There's, they've got oxygen in their system and they're not sweating bullets over, you know, some big decision when their metrics are really low in terms of the cash flow. But what it does is it really empowers them and gets them really excited of, the fact that it's a business that they don't have to put in as much work as I'm going to say with information marketing. We do mentoring and coaching and I, I put in some pretty significant hours. I love my business model. I love working with people. Um, I like creating funnels and offers and, you know, but I, I'm going to say my people who are doing the product side. Yeah. And I put in about 20 minutes a day. Oh, do you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking at my next cold traffic um, flow to, you know, do a test and optimize that. But it's kind of a spoil me rotten model right. that I will say, and I really mean this because I know both models. You may go, this is so nice. And I have to work more. 
I'm gonna say overall, you will work harder and do work harder in the information marketing space than you will in the product space. I know that for a fact, because my trainers and coaches, it's like, yeah, so I have someone who comes over and she does all the shipping for me and then my VAs. And so how much time are you putting into your three um, e-commerce businesses? About 20 minutes a day in. <laughs> it's a lighter load than, uh, you know, information marketing. I know both worlds. Right. I, just, I really do love information marketing, but it's, um, it's much more amenable to scale when you have systems and a team. That's really the qualifier. Yeah. I love that. Well, and so with you, you know, for a lot of people who've been listening to this are saying, okay, like, where do I learn how to do this and everything? And I know you said, you've told me you have like a training program and stuff in place to be able to help people with this. So where can they connect with you? And, and what is it that you guys are doing? You can just go to our homepage. It's ecommercebusinessschool.com. So just mostly lock in your brain, the name ecommercebusinessschool.com. You'll see a lot of case studies there. Um, and then there is free training that's available. And it's just a blue button at the top. You can click that and then have the opportunity to get an overview, a better overview of the model that I'm talking about. But ecommercebusinessschool.com. Um, you know, I've been in the online space coming up on 16 years now. And so what I want to really impress upon people that my passion in the information marketing space and where I make a qualifier of what makes me different is I'm really more interested in the outcome of who I am creating than I am about more information. So it starts with information, but where it really culminates and come into, into fruition is that direct mentorship and training. And that's the part where I get most uniquely fascinated and intrigued relative to maximizing that outcome because it creates this beautiful ecosystem out of it. And it's just a lot of fun to see people become successful. So that's really my passion and wheelhouse is just love seeing people come out with these successful businesses, many as families, by the way. Yeah. And that's really cool because you're basically saying, let me just teach you how to do it. And then you're going to handpick the people that you really want to work with to, to develop them as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, but for a lot of you, you might be saying, oh, wow, I could get over there and get this stuff for free. Go get it done. Hop over to ecommercebusinessschool.com. Did I get that correct? That's right. Awesome. So ecommercebusinessschool.com, make sure you go check that out. And and before we part ways today, I'd like to ask you this. If there was one thing you could take from this entire interview today and say, if, if the audience could remember just this one thing, what would you want that to be? What's your end game? What do you want? What do you really want? Because that is going to help you reverse engineer and design that lifestyle that you want. And I'm just going to say, from what I have witnessed, it's far, far more achievable. That being if you want a less encumbered workload in your business, et cetera, hands down, it's e-commerce. Um, so it just really, it's all predicated on what do you want as an end game? And then look for a model that best fits that or at least augments what you're doing that gives you the greater likelihood of that happening for yourself. Love that. Well, everybody, make sure you go out, check out Anne's website so you can get access to that free training. And Anne, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been my pleasure.
privilege. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows, and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.